Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks as we continue on in this 2022nd year of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. With me as always, my friend, uh, Stephanie Wesco. Stephanie, good morning to you. How's this Friday? Good morning, Doug. This Friday is great. How are you? I'm doing great too. This is one of these days we're actually on Friday when we're recording this. I'm okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, <clears throat> just really enjoying the the 10th proverb and we wrap it up today. So today's our last day in, in Proverbs chapter 10. And so, uh, you know, as we look forward, as we continue on with this book of Proverbs and learn what we can from God, the two sides of things constantly over and over again, there's two sides. God wants us to follow his side. He wants us to be on the right road. You know, when we drive down the highway, I was thinking of this last night, when we drive down interstate, whatever that happens to be in your community, we're on interstate 85 where I live. And it doesn't matter whether you're on 95, 565, wherever you are, there's two sides of the road and you only drive down one. You want to be on the right side of the road because you don't want to be in an accident. You don't want bad things to happen. You want to be in the right place. You don't want to get in trouble. But when we look at life, sometimes it's easy for us to uh, just veer off a little bit and go down that wrong side, to be on the wrong side of the road. And I think we, I think this is God's way of saying, don't do that. You know, just don't do that. You got to go down the right side of the road. I remember this is weird, but I was, uh, 16, I had just got my, just had, you know, uh, obtained my driver's license and I had made my, my first solo trip, uh, about 30 miles from my house up to see my grandparents, my father's parents. And I, my mom used to make me see my father deserted us when I was very young. And I said, all right, I'll go up and see him. And I went to see him and they were gone. And the neighbors said, well, your, your grandfather's up in Putnam picking something up. And I knew that he was, you know, in his eighties, the world war one veteran, uh, and so I drove up to Putnam to see if I could help him there at the lumberyard to get stuff in his old Pontiac station wagon, you know. And uh, but he had already left. But as I was, as I got back into the car, and I was driving back down the interstate, there was a person driving the wrong way. No, it was a Rambler he had at that time. There was a person driving the wrong way in the southbound. They were going north on the southbound side of uh, of ninety five. And, uh, wow. it was, it was my grandfather. <laughs> oh my. And his Robin eggs, blue Rambler station wagon. Oh my word. He was on the wrong side of the road. And what do you do? You can't pull in front of him or something, but then cops, you know, were going in all directions and, uh, <laughs> they were going the wrong way, the right way. I could see they got him about a half mile behind me. So I didn't know what to do. So I pulled off the road. You know, and I walked like that half or three quarters of a mile by the time I got parked, maybe closer to a mile. I walked back and told the police, that's my grandfather. And they said, well, you can see him at the state police barracks. And I remember I went over to the state police barracks, but he had went the wrong way and it was my grandfather who did it. 
And, uh, but I went over to the state police barracks and while I was there, uh, they didn't, they didn't arrest my grandfather. They had the car towed. Uh, they did something I think was even worse than his psyche. Here's this guy going on, you know, 90 years old, uh, world war one veteran owned Pontiac dealerships. I mean, was, was a man who was, had a good life. Uh, but they took his driver's license away from him. And they said, you can never drive again. They called somebody, some magistrate or something by the telephone. You know, you'd have cameras and stuff like, you know, the magistrate just uh, look at him and, and the judge ordered that his license be taken away until further notice. And everybody in the world knew it was permanent. And he, they said, you can go to court and you can fight this or, you know, you can just realize you shouldn't be driving anymore. And, uh, but anyway, you don't go down the wrong side of the road. It causes accidents. It freaks people yeah. out, but getting to this thing. And I'm sorry, I hate thinking a bad thing about my grandfather. Uh, but here we are. So we've been doing this thing. You might be a knucklehead if, and we do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, so you'll know what a knucklehead looks like. Number two, so you won't be a knucklehead. In one of these statements, I told Stephanie, I keep on finding these statements. I look them up. I write them down as people tell me. And I found this group on a VA site. And one of the things you don't say to somebody with PTSD, or and if you do say it, you might be a knucklehead, how was I supposed to know you were all messed up? <laughs> and, uh, or how was I supposed to know you're this messed up or you're, you were that messed up? And, and, you know, these are things we don't say or do. So, uh, you know, the thing about us with PTSD is we have a lot of anxiety. We have a lot of depression, all these different things. Just listen. You know, the other side of that is listen. Uh, maybe say something like, I, I know you're angry that I didn't notice that. And I'm so sorry about that. And I'm going to do a better job at that. And I'm not going anywhere. So stick with that theory and you'll be all right. So those are the things you don't say and do. Those are things that make you a knucklehead. If you do say or do them. So try to love on people. And if you're somebody who's going through it, pass on what other people have done. That's good to you and pass that on and uh, pass on the good, show the good love. And if you listen to our podcast every day and we've been a blessing to you, please go out on Apple or Android or Galaxy or whatever uh, place you get that and give us a five-star rating. It'll help other people find our podcast and it'll be a blessing for us. And if you don't like us, go out on something someone else's site and give them a bad rating. Now I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But here we are. So we're finishing up the 10th proverb today, Stephanie. And... Uh, these last two verses. And again, they're just rich. They're, they're filled with information They're filled with do's and don'ts and they're filled with, uh, things of life. And, and if you look at 31, it says the mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. Uh, Stephanie, I'm going to let you go with this. I mean, last, we read something like this a few chapters ago. What are you thinking? Well, I come back to our words, words of life or words of death. And understanding that the words of a just man, someone who's walking with God, who's spirit led, um, their words will flow out with wisdom. And what is wisdom? What do wise words look like? Because there's worldly wisdom too. You know what I'm saying? And there's um, Christians out there who, who fancy themselves to be experts in every realm of life who flow with wisdom. And sometimes you want to say, shut up. I don't want to hear any more of your wisdom. So what does God's wisdom look like? Well, in the New Testament, we're given a list. The wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. A wise person, a just person will have that kind of wisdom flowing from his mouth. Yeah. But it says the forward tongue shall be cut out. 
you know that point where you say, be quiet? I don't want to hear another word. You know, I don't know if any other parent has said that to their child, but it's like, nope, we're done. This conversation is over. We can do that with our kids. But there are forward adults. Yeah. Who need that to them. And that whole, that whole idea that forward, it's like perverse, bad. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and speaking with and bad the language. Forward, yeah. And the forward tongue doesn't know when to shut up. The forward tongue always has to be talking, always has to be giving advice, and their mouth is not bringing forth wisdom. It's bringing forth foolishness. Maybe it's bringing forth control, but it need, God is saying here, I'm going to deal with that, and yes, I think it can go as far. I think this is obviously talking you have perverseness, but I think it includes being foolish because uh, being we're, crooked, we're contrasting wisdom. Yeah. 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 Blasphemy. Yeah. Well, and when you look at the next word, the next verse, these two verses go together. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. In other words, they're wise. They know when to speak, when to not. Their words are appropriate for the occasion. Their words don't leave people in that awkward, okay, what in the world do we say now? Do we just leave? You know, they don't, the words of a wise man will never leave an, another person feeling defiled feeling dirty, feeling messed over, feeling like they've been browbeat. I know my kids have come to me when certain people have interacted with them in conversations and they're like, mommy, don't really want to be around that person anymore because all they do is criticize or all they do is yell or all they do is that you can fill in the blank. That person's words has impacted how my children view them. They have created their reputation of wisdom, of being a braggart, of being controlling or whatever the case may be through their words, your lips, your tongue very much define you as a wise person, as a foolish person, as a worker of iniquity, as just a, a person who's scorning, you know, you can fill in the blank, but it either defines you as a wise man or a foolish man when the rubber meets the road. So this is a big deal. This is a big deal to God. Yeah, it, it is a big deal. And, and, you know, a dirty mouth, a forward mouth, uh, you know, fill in the blank, speaking treasonously, speaking, uh, you know, twisting things, being crooked, being upside down. I mean, there's a hundred examples we can give you to, but it, you know, and, and it talks about a punishment of having the tongue cut out. And you know, back in back in biblical times, if you were caught being blasphemous, if you were caught, uh, you know, doing treasonable things and doing those types of things, it cut your tongue out. And God says, hey, this is still on the palate. This is still on the plate. This is still something I can do. And, um, you know, we do we have dirty mouths? You know, and dirty mouths just don't mean cussing. Uh, forward mouth just doesn't mean cussing. Forward mouth means doing bad things with your mouth and tongue. And you know what those, we all know what those things are. And, yeah. and, and we don't want to be that person. We We don't want to look like that person. We don't want to bring that bad juju forward. We don't want to be that person, you know, and I, I think it's so important that we think about what we're going to say. I think there's like breathing time in the army. They used to have a rule and, and the rule was take a breath. When somebody's just really upset you and blown you away before you say something that you can't take back before you handle this the wrong way, you know, take a breath. 
and then yeah. th- and think about make sure you understand what people said to you. I mess that up. Everybody does. And I think, you know, taking that breath, maybe a clarifying question is helpful. You know, so what you're saying is, I think that's a statement that really helps. I do. I think that statement will really help somebody. And so what you're saying is this, or, or what you mean is this, those kinds of things really help. And because the mouth of the righteous, you, you know, if they're, if they're wise, if they're bringing wisdom, if, if those things, that's not a mouth that's just jumping out there. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. They're, the person, the wise person is not going to just, um, speak off the cuff. Yeah. A wife is going to, and like you see, I love how you said, take the breath. And I can't tell you how many times um, with counseling situations or situations that are kind of like, even situations where I maybe have to confront somebody or, or deal with that, th- that person whose mouth is out of control and you have to, you have to kindly, lovingly deal with it. But that taking the breath, and I can't tell you many times I have to say, God guide my lips. And that's my prayer before I speak, because I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to respond. And so it's like, God, guide my lips, because he will. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Does he not care about our lips as well? They're they're an organ that needs to be as controlled as our feet. And so his word, his spirit can be that guide to our lips so that our words do bring forth wisdom, that our words do bring forth things that are acceptable, that are pleasing to God, that, that are fruit, that that we are walking worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing. And that when people think of us, they don't think of that's the person who just says whatever comes to their mind. That's the person that whatever you can fill in the blank. But for a woman, you know, like I've said so many times, are our mouths controlled by the law of kindness? That is the sign in the Bible. That is a sign of a virtuous woman. And I think even people like Deborah in the Bible that, yes, we love them. Jail, these women that stood up that were leaders. Okay. They were called on to do very tough, hard things. But I firmly believe that their tongues were still controlled by kindness because they were virtuous women. And so where we as women, that's what defines us. For men, obviously, God lays out what what guides, what is a sign that a man's tongue is controlled by, by his word, that he is a wise man. So I think it's just like digging into God's word because this is a big deal. Over and over throughout scripture, the tongue, the, the lips, the mouth are, are big deals to God. They, they control the fate of, honestly, history. And so are we changing the course of history for good or for bad, because we have no idea how God can use our words to impact things if we are allowing him to control them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that it's a big if, you know, if is one of the biggest words in the Bible. And I think this next verse kind of leads us the way we're going as well here in verse number 32. It says the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh forwardness. So, you know, the righteous, those of us following God, those of us uh, learning from his word, those of us transforming our lives, those of us doing things to make sure we're getting things right, we know what's right. You know, we, you know, the, the righteous, we know what's acceptable. You know, God has planted squarely in our heart as a Holy Spirit. It's, it's there. 
you know, there's a, I, I think there's a tending to that goes on in my life. Every once in a while, God makes me feel like, you know, whoa, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be saying that. I should do that this way. Look for that. You know, look for the prompting of the Holy Spirit when we talk. And, you know, that forwardness, that's, I, I, I think using a word that, you know, has so many different meanings to it that could be, you know, speaking in a blasphemic type of way, speaking in a way that's treasonous, speaking in a way that's profane, speaking in a way uh, where we're scolding people, speaking in a way where we're taking life away from people. Um, and in and, and that, that verse 32, again, I mean, that word forwardness there really talks about being perverse. And yeah. I, I just think that I just think that as a group of people, if anybody should have our speech down, it's people that have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. I think if there's anybody that should take the time to say what's right and do what's right, and we're going to get barraged. I mean, it wasn't that long ago I was talking to, uh, you know, a pastor and his wife, and they've been steeped in the ministry for years and very involved and work hard. And, you know, she works a job outside of the home and, and uh, besides helping out in the church, and these are just great people. I mean, just, uh, you know, just seasoned with, by God with life. And, uh, and, and, and she said something that, you know, the husband was really going through something and he laid this case out to me about what he was going through. And it was just somebody in the church was just being horrible to him. And, uh, I remember she told me the hardest thing I've done in the entire ministry, and they've been in the ministry, I would guess 30 or 40 years. And, she said, you know, the hardest thing that I've went through in the ministry, Doug, is having to speak with somebody like that with as much love as I speak to somebody who loves me. But she said, God does that for me. Mm. And, and I think that's what's going on here is no matter what, pe- the way people treat us, that, that's irrelevant to the mission here. That's irrelevant to the precept. That's irrelevant to what we should be doing. We should be kind. Now, sometimes you just got to walk away too. I mean, Stephanie, there's people that are going to come up and slap you and then they're going to slap you again. Then they're going to slap you again. Then there's some people you give a big hug to and go to Starbucks. I mean, there's, you know, obviously we know there's a couple kinds of people we're dealing with. And, you know, I've jokingly said this, but I believe with all my heart that, uh, you know, there's two kinds of people in this world and about half of them are knuckleheads and, (laughs) you know, and that's just the way it goes, but we have a responsibility to all of them. I think that's yeah. the hardest part of ending chapter 10 is that responsibility to speak right with all of them. Right. And sometimes, and that's where this all comes back to the, the essence of what, what makes our tongues just and holy and righteous doesn't come from us because we don't know how to speak what we ought in these situations. There are situations where there are people you have to confront sin. You know, I think of Esther when she had to confront this wicked Haman. Okay, the the depth of that phrase. Yeah. This wicked Haman. I mean, when you think of all Haman had worked towards to annihilate an entire people group because they wouldn't bow down to him. Yeah. But God guided Esther. He gave her the wisdom to know how to go about. And when you read that book, we see God's leading, God's spirit on Esther in ways that are incredible. And, and her words and her actions were spirit-led by the spirit of God. And that's the same God today that indwells us in this church age. We have the spirit of God living in us. And so it's not about what we say. 
It's about him speaking through us. And if that is happening, he will give us guidance for each situation. But understand, you know, obviously the perverseness, um, the forwardness that came out of Haman and where it got him. Yeah, his he, he was hung. Okay, yeah. that's where his words led him to his death. And so to understand the power of this, it is, it, it's sobering and very, like, oh, it should make us step back as we go into this new year and say, okay, God, my new year's resolution is to, is to bow before you and say, God control my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think, I think that needs to happen. I think it needs to be a daily prayer. I think we need to prayer journal this. We need to probably journal these verses out. The tongue's a hard thing. And it's something that everybody deals with. You know, we're not saying this and looking down on people. You know, I deal with this all the time. I'm a smart aleck, you know? And so I know that. I never, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could be a smart aleck. I could pick on people. And I've elected, I elect not to do that. And most, you could still pick on people in a godly kind of way, but you can't have this forwardness of speech. And, uh, you know, don't let perverse things come out of your lips. Don't let uh, hurt come out of your lips. Let those words of life come out of your lips. Let those words of healing come out of your life. Let those words of celebration come out of your life. You know, we don't use that word celebrate enough. We need to celebrate what God's done in our life. I mean, that's what Christmas is about, right? It's celebrating the birth yeah. of Jesus Christ. We just came through Christmas. So, yeah. I mean, we should be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, but it's more than just a day. I think it's an attitude. I think it's a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. You know, it wasn't that long ago I was reading a book by Colson, Loving God. You know, this is the guy he was actually in the, I think the Nixon administration got in trouble, went to jail. Then he got a huge, Colson. yeah. And uh, uh-huh. his nephew was a guy I was in the army with, uh, oh. but he, he wrote this book called Loving God. And I'll tell you, when you read that and you realize what comes along with loving God, it's just great. Yeah. And uh, it's just great. And we get to serve a wonderful God. We get to serve and and, and trust and live and love. And, and, uh, I think that's such a big deal. But anyway, I said all that just to say, let's, let's, let's be that person that speaks words of life and celebration. Yeah. 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 So how would you close this out, Stephanie? Well, I think, um, our prayer as we end this week should be, I think of the words to the song, take my lips and let them move at the impulse of thy love. And where our lips are controlled by the love of Christ, the love of Christ constrains us to walk in a way, to talk in a way that brings honor and glory to Jesus Christ. There it is. Let's live that life, folks. Let's be that person that brings honor. Honor. Honor is a great thing. Well, we love you, folks. If we can do anything to help, make sure you look us up by Helpful Wounded Spirits. We'll be quick, and we'll try to be quick to get right back to you. Listen to every word Brother Eric has to say about knowing for sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Helpful Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart. 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.